Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got Mike Parsons with me today and we're going to get started in just a moment. But in the meantime, uh, get your phone out and go ahead and share it. Tell some people about it. Let people know that we're on and uh, spread the word. And also, if you want to support us and help us, we are listener supported. Please go to our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com and go to the giving section and you can become a partner and help us get the mission out, get the word out. All right, let's go ahead and just dive in. It's been a while. So... Mike, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure having you on. I, I've said many times, and it's still true, still true, that I think you and I, for me anyway, um, you know, your message resonates in my heart very strongly with where I think Father is going and, and who he is, um, which maybe that's a direction we can go, because I know that there's still a lot of turmoil in the world over... The different things going on and I have just felt like as I listen to some of these people and some of the stuff going on I'm like how big is your God because mine's pretty big and we cooperate and work with him it's not as if he needs us you know in some cases I feel like uh, you know people are acting as if man if it wasn't for us human beings God would be in big trouble <laughs> so, anyway, I don't know if you have anything to share on that. Any thoughts? <clears throat> uh, I mean, I think ultimately, if you if you take who God is, His character, His nature, very essence, as love, and perfect love casts out fear, then anything that produces fear is not from God. Right on. Uh, and I think that for me is where I I use love as my measure, as my plumb line to essentially measure everything I read, everything I hear, everything I see. I'm looking at it from the perspective of where is perfect love in the midst of this? And yeah, if yeah. people are promoting fear, then I look at it with the eye of, well, where's God in this? I can't see God in this because there is no fear in God. And when you engage God, perfect love casts out fear. So I think a lot of the troubles in the world, the people's agitation over some of the things that are going on in the world um, over some of the issues um, is really a, a lack of intimacy with perfect love because yeah. if you're if you're intimate face to face abiding in the presence of perfect love you will not fear uh, right. and you will get every reference point for your life from that relationship of intimacy with perfect love not from facebook or any other source of social media or any other media which we all know has some truth and most of it isn't true and there's yeah. some of it is a twisting of the truth but there is perfect truth when you engage yeah. the light of love and truth because when you engage in the light it's in the realm of perfection <clears throat> that you're engaging in and in that realm everything is as it should be there is yeah. no worry there's no anxiety there is no fear None of those emotions are present when you're engaging God face to face. So it is just blissful. And that is your reference point. So then when you engaging anything around life, I've got a decision to make. This is happening. The news says this, the latest conspiracy theory around this or whatever is going on. You reference from that point of perfect love. And then yeah. there's no need to fear and you're not going to be motivated to do something or not do something based in fear. And that exactly, is exactly. Yeah. Uh, God, fear 
is the antithesis really of god you know he is yeah. love he doesn't want yeah, us yeah. to be in fear in anything and therefore that shows <clears throat> that we trust him and if we are in fear it's evidence that we don't know god to the degree that we can therefore we don't trust him jesus said don't be worried don't be anxious yeah speak first the kingdom of god and everything else will be added you know and i think we can then put into that category of what is everything else everything else <laughs> it really right. is everything else there is nothing that his perfect love won't provide for won't enable won't equip won't protect us from won't direct us into in the fulfillment of who we are as sons of god and our destiny and how that relates to the restoration of all things and bringing freedom to creation you know how yeah. how are we even going to think about bringing freedom to creation when we're living in fear you know? right that's all so good i you know i know that a lot of people are are concerned because it's like their government they can't trust their government they can't trust the media they don't know who to look to and so on and so forth and i i just um you know and i i would have to agree because uh now by the time this airs okay so this is being recorded live but by the time this airs i'm going to be in africa and the the hoops i'm having to go through to get to africa i'm quite astounded and now i've been a veteran and because i'm a veteran i you know the va takes care of me and they're wanting to get my blood drawn and and go through all my antibodies see what i have see what i don't have and get my shots for all that which i'm like i'm very appreciative of that and yet the people on the other end of the phone are sitting there telling me things that i know i absolutely know are not true that i have to have certain vaccines to go to africa and I've already checked with, you know, the, the, the website, you know, for Africa or, you know, for the Uganda is where I'm going. Uh, I've checked with the website there and I've you know, multi-checked it, counter-checked it, so on and so forth. And um, there's only one thing that it says I have to have, and that's the yellow fever. You know, so um, all the others are recommended. But it, it does bother me when my own government, the people that are kind of supposed to be taking care of me, are lying to me and telling me that I have to have this. There's no way I can travel without it. And that is not what it says on the website anywhere. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess when you're looking at that, they're looking at it from their perspective, not Africa's perspective. So Africa's yeah, yeah. looking at it at their perspective. I mean, I've been to Uganda numerous times, actually. We, we used to yeah. have a vocational training center there, and, and we, I visited a number of times. Um, and I had to have the yellow fever, you know, back in, in the 90s when I first started going to Africa. I had the yellow fever vaccine. Well, you had to have it to go, so I got it. It wasn't an issue. Yeah. It was like, wasn't like, oh, no, they're taking my civil liberties away because they're making me get this yellow fever because I have to go to Africa. Yeah, that's the reality. You do if you want to go and you make a choice. If you don't, if you don't want to get it, you go, go. Right. But on the other side of it, there others are concerned about what you're going to bring back, not what you're taking. See, Africa yeah. are concerned that you do not bring yellow fever into their country, particularly if you travel from another country in Africa uh, to yeah, that one. Yeah. So I went from Kenya and Tanzania to Uganda and various, and there's no way that they would be allowing yellow fever in so that you have to have the vaccine. Now, it may be that the US government is looking at, well, we don't want some of this stuff that you could pick up in Africa coming back. So get vaccinated mm -hmm. against that stuff because that's going to protect us. Yellow fever protects Africa. 
So yeah. maybe they're just looking at it in a different way. So from yeah. their perspective, they're not lying to you. They're just telling you, we want you to get this because we don't want you bringing back something nasty into the U.S. So it's always a different way of looking at these things. I would love to, I would, you know, and I am one, I, I would love to give the benefit of the doubt to, to people, but uh, the, the exact words that they used were that I needed these in order to fly. Yeah. Certain, certain ones in order to fly. Yeah, but and, you fly back, of course. Yeah, well, it was flying into, yeah. that they were saying I could not get into the uh, Kenya and Uganda. Um, so anyway, it's just, just one of those things where I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about it. Now, now, they do have a whole list of shots that they're planning to give me, and I'm like, Cred, can we spread those out a little bit? <laughs> I'm going to feel like a pincushion. But um, And then people that are watching, I'm sure um, there might be some watching, and they're going to be panicked for me. It's like, don't, don't panic for me. Here's, here's the thing I, I tell some people, that um, uh, there was a certain person we had on the show one time. She did quantum release stuff. And uh, our daughter now does this as well. But she had gone through, worked with me on several things and pointed out that I'd already had multiple vaccines. I'd had all this stuff and whether, whatever you want to call it. You know, she called it black goose. She called it smart dust. She called it, um, uh, what was some of the other things? Um, I can't remember. A whole list of stuff that she went through that she said that I'd already been kind of, you know, the enemy had tried to put these things in me but my body had already rejected it and kicked it out. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm designed for this. So I can, I'm good. So no need for me to worry. I don't worry about it. And, and um, I'm looking forward to getting to Africa and building relationships there. And that's, that's what matters. And that's the thing is we get so caught up in all the fear of some of the stuff that we forget the mission or the purpose that Father's given to us and we can get off track. Absolutely. And I think that's what fear does. It yeah. keeps your eyes on something else other than the main thing. And obviously, our relationship with God is the main thing. That's the key. Yeah. You know, Bottom line. Yeah. You know, and, and I think when you see things promoting fear or trying to twist things to make people afraid, you know it's not coming from God. So where is it coming from and what's the agenda? What does the enemy want to do? Rob, kill and destroy yeah but that's his agenda god's agenda is abundant life so i think you know at certain points of time uh, when things are happening in societies in cultures then certain things promote more fear than others and at the moment obviously vaccines are something that promotes a lot of fear um and you know i was, I was looking today at the h hpv vaccine and how that's reduced uh, cervical cancer by 90%, which is wow. pretty, pretty powerful yeah. as a, as a vaccine to reduce cervical cancer in by 90%. Yeah. Now, how many people wouldn't get that vaccine because of the general fear that they have of vaccines at the moment? Yeah. That actually could be negative to them. Now, some people like you know, myself, I've lived in health for a long time. <clears throat> I, I don't look at what do I need to protect myself because I believe I'm already protected in that sense from, you know, living in health. Yeah. And that's my whole right. mindset. It's my whole belief system is to live in health. But I know a lot of other people aren't necessary at the same point in their journey that mm -hmm. I am with health. Mm -hmm. So I certainly wouldn't would want to be doing anything to stop them getting something that could potentially be helpful for them. Right. You know? right. And I think that's the problem you get 
fear that then gets associated with lots of things which then potentially could bring about the very thing that people are fearing because that's what fear does right. what you fear yeah. comes upon you yes so if you're actually yeah. fearful of something you create an environment in your own sort of sphere that actually draws the very thing to you that you're afraid yep. of you know yep. so we got to be so careful that fear does not have any place within our lives you know that is interesting because um i've uh, been reading a book here recently and it's been really powerful but the idea of um love is more of a letting go versus fear is a more of a you know hanging on really tight uh, it's like when we fear something we're like you said we are some of the laws that god has already put into the universe it just draws it to us uh, it's that law of attraction and yet love is a letting go and and when we let things go yeah it's like that old saying i remember way back when i was a kid you know if you love something set it free if you, if it was yours to in the first place it'll come back to you you know so you know just being willing to let things go and i i've been preaching and teaching now for the last year just let go and flow flow with what father's doing because you're going to enjoy that so much more than trying to beat your head against the wall to make things happen oh, that that may not be in your scroll <laughs> yeah absolutely and when you when you then look at letting things go you are giving effectively when you let mm -hmm. something go you're giving you're giving it away yeah when you give something away it multiplies back to you come on that, that yeah. that's that again is one of the things that's built into creation so it's blessing yeah. <clears throat> literally yeah. what you're doing is you're blessing something by releasing it so love is not something you can keep you can't keep love love is not something you can keep it isn't love if you're keeping it love is right. only actually expressed when you give it and that's why god is very nature and essence is love because he's a giver he's a blesser he's in blessing to empower to prosper to succeed by giving and of course you know the very nature of god love must be unconditional otherwise it can't be love if it's not unconditional it's earned and if you earn something it's not love it's not free right the love has to be free it has to be unconditional and that's the very nature and character of god that he gives even when we would look and think those people don't deserve to be loved hmm. look at mm -hmm. all the things they've done look at all the terrible things they're doing they don't deserve to be loved and yet god loves them exactly the same as he loves me and you all of his children are loved equally the same because he loves them unconditionally because of who they are not yeah. because of what they do or don't do yeah and therefore when i engage with this nature of god god is is a giver and that means releasing so if i'm going to be like god then i have to also release and that yes. means i release forgiveness to people whether they ask for it deserve it repent yeah. and are sorry or whatever you, you want to look at it even if they don't change their mind and even if they're still saying the same negative things my yeah. response is i'm going to choose to bless them by forgiving them because that is a demonstration of unconditional love just as yeah. god has chosen the same for me he's yeah. unconditionally loved me forgiven me for everything reconciled me to him so i can have a relationship with him all based on what he's done and none of it based on what i've done or not done yeah. so therefore everything is based in grace and grace is limitless which is another so thing he gives 
limitless grace continually gives us grace upon grace upon grace upon grace limitless grace grace upon grace greater grace i mean loads of grace statements in the new testament yeah. all about god's capacity to empower us to succeed rather than fail because he empowers us by limitless grace because really so grace is the divine enabling power of god you know and there's a third thing that goes along with unconditional love and limitless grace triumphant mercy mm -hmm. and triumphant mercy is is how he the father described mercy to me again is something which is given not because we deserve it or earn it but because it's part of his very character and nature to bless us and therefore mercy triumphs over judgment now and mostly man's judgment because god's judgment yeah. is all going to be to life man's judgment is mostly towards death so god's mercy triumphs over man's need for judgment and therefore man's need for his version of justice so god brings us to a place of rest where we live in unconditional love limitless grace and triumphant mercy therefore every day is a new beginning that can be unaffected by yesterday yeah and you that's know what triumphant mercy was you know fresh mercies every morning and i was talking to the father about that uh, yeah well what does that mean you know, practically what does it mean fresh mercies every morning so he took me back into the garden and showed me adam and eve and showed me how they were learning from what they were doing because they weren't born with a download of everything to know and having the knowledge of everything they were discovering things every mm -hmm. day and i saw them making some mistakes and i was like well how can they make mistakes they're perfect aren't they and he said well what gave you that idea <laughs> well because they're sinless okay so sinless people don't make mistakes and it started to get me thinking and then mm -hmm. he started to unfold that to do with mercy so literally what he said was every day adam and eve and his intention was for the whole of mankind was to learn and in learning from what they've done receive the wisdom but mercy removed the negative knowledge because when we think of failure we're thinking of it because we come from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that failure is a negative thing and there are consequences of failure which are fearful consequences which didn't yeah. exist for adam and eve therefore every day was a day in which mercy was fresh therefore they retained the wisdom of yesterday and none of the negative emotions or thoughts or feelings about learning and doing it differently and better because they learned now we live in a in a performance oriented driven world because it's fueled from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil triumphant grace triumphs over our need to perform or earn or work for or deserve something and the negative feelings that we have associated with what we think is failure whereas mm -hmm. god just looks at it these things as an opportunity to learn and do it better yeah well I, you know the the whole idea of christian fantasy that so many people live with that they're 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 shooting for this idea of the you know going to heaven you know 
and getting their harp and their cloud and all that and, and having a perfect life. You know, and, and if anybody really thought of that, it's like you're going to get bored pretty quickly. And, and so what's the reality? The reality is that life without challenges is there's no growth in it. There's no growth at all. So I love the idea that, uh, you know, well, we talk about it here all the time. It's grace and mercy, grace and mercy. Just have grace and mercy, grace and mercy for one another because we're all on a journey. We're all learning and we're all growing. And if that's true, then, you know, that means we don't know everything yet. Therefore, as we're getting to know some new things, we're going to realize that some of that new stuff actually is better than some of that old stuff. And, uh, you know, and we got to let some of the old go. And uh, we may realize, you know, I mean, there was a time where people thought slavery was right there in the Bible. And so it must be right. And so let's do it. Well, we look at it now, we realize just from the heart of the Father that no, that's not, that's not correct at all. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you actually live in the truth that there are fresh mercies every morning and live from the reality that nothing from yesterday can negatively affect you and only that which was good from yesterday, the wisdom that you've drawn from yesterday is retained, how good would that be? Yeah. And that's yeah. God's intention. He doesn't want yeah. to live us dwelling on the failures of the past or what happened yesterday in a negative way so everything mercy can triumph over the negative things of yesterday so that so good. tomorrow i don't carry those things i don't have today what was negative yesterday because they're expunged and i, I actually remember going through some ministry um to deal with memories okay mm -hmm. and i was i was in a conference um and it was a conference in 2000 and not, 2010. This was a long time ago. And this was leading up to my first encounters of going into heaven. And God told me to go to a conference. And I hadn't been to a conference for a number of years. I, and I went. And he basically told me to go. And he just wanted me to engage with him. And I did. And I, it was awesome. And I experienced love at that point more than I'd ever done before. But one of the things the, the lady was talking about who was teaching, and she I think it was Joan Hunter, uh, who's sort of got a ministry, and, he, and her parents, I think, were Francis and Hunter, which had made a major ministry in healing. Hmm. And she was hmm. talking about memories, you know, and about, well, it's not just the physical body that can be healed. It can also be our mind and the memories that we have. And she told sure. some testimonies of ministering to people in which God remove their memories and it was like and she told the story of a lady who had mental health issues had treated her daughter and her husband really really badly and it's like the whole family was a mess and god met with her and she she and 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 she came she talked to her family and she apologized for what god what she had done to them and they 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 had no memory of her behavior mm. so mm. then she had no memory of her behavior so god not only removed all of the negativity around her life and she'd done some pretty bad things because she was sort of pretty out of control in a, in a mental health way and her children and her husband and her had no memory of it so i thought wow, wow that's a pretty amazing so and she she led this sort of activation and she sort of like talked about, well, fi find the memory that most 
affects you in a negative way. You know, the thing that if if you never could remember this in your life, think of that. Yeah. So I did. And now I can't remember what that memory was because it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, gone. yeah. I don't, and I know I did the exercise and I'm certainly not going to go digging to try and dig up the memory of whatever. Right. But I but it was yeah. removed. And I believe God's mercy is such that he can remove the negative of yes, if we allow him to. And if Absolutely. we embrace that mercy and let it triumph over our own way of looking at the past and looking at yesterday and the feelings that it brings to us because it brings negative emotions if we do something wrong or something happens or we failed or we made a mistake and we are the ones who probably feel worst about it ourselves because we punish ourselves for doing it right. wrong for not performing for not being good enough you know and that comes out in the religious system all the time oh yeah the whole system is driven you're not good enough you need to do better you need to perform because you need to please god and you need to be obedient then god will love you so the whole yeah. system drives people to perform and therefore try and do better and strive to be different and strive and they fail and fail and fail and then what do they do feel guilt shame condemnation because they go round and round again failing and failing and eventually and failing. give up new mercies every day yeah. what if we really took that seriously the yeah. way god wants it to be to be triumphant over yesterday triumphant so good so then good. yesterday won't affect your your day today or tomorrow and i think that's how god intends us to live so we've got to have our yeah. minds renewed towards triumphant mercy rather than thinking about the past in the way we used to think about it. And all of that takes choice because unfortunately people, you know, I am, I'm amazed at how the human race generally wants the drama, generally wants to be entertained and they want the drama. So, you know, rather than, um, actually going and joining groups where there's conversation where you know there's give and take and people are going through things and getting to truth they would rather go sit and listen to someone tell them what they think the truth is so that's one thing but then the other thing is um it's like for the most part the human race uh lives off of the news and the media and they thrive on it and and you know the people that discovered that you know, in the early 1900s, you know, with media that started coming out, the newspapers and so forth, um, they really hit it. They they really, you know, hit the note where humanity, for whatever reason, and it even goes back to the Matrix. I just finished watching the, the, the trilogy of the Matrix because the movie's coming out next month, you know, the new one. And, uh, and it's like it's so there that humanity needs the drama or they think they need the drama. And it's like, I'm done with the drama. I really don't want to hear much more about it. I want to hear the people that are walking in faith, that are able to walk in love in spite of anything and everything going on around, that aren't freaking out, that can just walk through whatever circumstance or, or challenge that they're faced with, knowing that it's just a circumstance, it is just a challenge, it's part of life, and that as we go through it, we learn and we grow. Yeah, we are overcomers. You know, we're yes. more than conquerors. That that is, yeah. you know, the yeah. original mandate for sonship to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. 
and subdue and yeah. rule is was there so they would overcome things but they wouldn't yep. carry the negative thing towards that and that's yeah. the problem we've we've taken on the knowledge of independence and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is an independent system where you have to do it yourself yeah. so you have to yeah. make amends you have to do this you have to do that you have to earn this you have to do that and if we can get back to the basics god loves us unconditionally he's got limitless grace and triumphant mercy in abundance that will never yeah. ever run out it will change the way we approach the things that we have in life and it is so important to know the truth but the truth is a person yes not a concept yes he is the truth and yeah. if we can engage the truth and engage intimately with the truth and we begin to discern and resonate with the frequency of truth then mm -hmm. when we look at something read something engage with something does it align with the frequency of the truth that we've engaged with no forget it reject it it isn't yeah. true yeah yes accept yeah. it and therefore you know the truth is never going to be a negative thing it's never going <clears throat> to have fear attached to it or negativity attached to it Yes, there are trials. Yes, there are things that happen in life. We all go through things that we would probably rather not go through because mostly because of people, you know, either us or somebody else, you know, it's, it's, it's the relationships that cause the most problems. Uh, if we can go through life and deal with those relationships in love, in forgiveness, with mercy and grace, then we will overcome the issues and even though yeah. maybe another person won't change or won't be like we want them to be or they'll still be doing the negative things the way they are the way we see them will be through the eyes of lens of love grace and mercy and therefore yeah. we won't be angry with them we won't be upset with them because we will see it through the way god looks at us and yeah. he always looks through us we are the righteousness of god in christ We've been made righteous already. It's not something we did. He made us. Therefore, when he sees us, he sees us justified as if we've never done anything negative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he looks at us the way he made us to be. But what do, how do we look at other people? The way we want them to be, the way mm -hmm. we think they ought to be. We need to see them the way God sees them and love them the way God loves them in an unconditional way then that changes now the rubber hits the road obviously when this is real in a situation where something happens someone does something negatively affects you well, there's the choice am yeah. i going to act in an unconditionally loving way like god does or not now that does not mean we don't have emotions or we don't have feelings on some of those emotions may be hard you know if someone I don't know, betrays us or lets us down or abandons us or whatever. Of course, we're not going to feel happy about that. Right. And we'll probably have to go through the grief stage of denial and anger and whatever. But who carries our griefs and sorrows when we walk close to him? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have you to know, carry it ourselves. <clears throat> right? Choices is, is, to me, 
you know, and I've recognized this now for a few years, but choice to me is the most powerful thing that God has given to us. Yeah. And and we can choose what to do with choice. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I, I, I love is just, well, I guess what I've been teaching on here recently is just our identity. It's not just to me. If everybody understood their identity, it'd be game over. Yep. But it's that there's a centeredness, and this looks, you know, Eastern, but it's just, I, I think of it in terms of a pendulum, you know, that, uh, you know, you want the pendulum to hang straight down. You don't want it going side to side. And the way we get it to hang straight down at, at rest is when we let go, when we're able to let go of things. And so, like you were saying earlier, it's not about being emotionless, but it's about having everything in your life come to a point where you've chosen to let everything go. You're choosing not to let it affect you uh, in, in such a way that you react, but instead, everything that you see, you, you make sure first that you're centered and that you've got that pendulum, you know, sitting at rest. And then you see what father's doing in a situation and you see that, oh, he's responding in anger over that situation. Therefore, I'm going to respond in the same kind of anger, which I believe his righteous anger is totally different than ours. But I'm going to respond that way as well. But I'm choosing to respond in what I see the father doing. So I'm choosing my responses. Um, you know, so I see another situation. And again, I'm immediately because I'm in that place of rest, I'm able to see what the father's doing. And I'm going to do what that is, whatever it is, I'm going to respond in the same way, but I'm not attached to anything and nothing is controlling me. It's like Jesus said, there's nothing that the enemy has nothing in me because I've let everything go. And, and so that, you know, and again, I haven't arrived there, but it's just understanding that it's where we're headed to get to that place of perfect rest and centeredness in him to where I no longer have to react to things going on outside of me, but understanding that he is in me and that all is good. <laughs> and I'm choosing to believe that, you know, whatever's going on, whether it looks like it could harm me right now or not, it's still for my good. And that, you know, this life is not the end. You know, there's much, much more. Yeah, I, in a sense, we can't give what we haven't received. Right. So freely give what you freely received. So yeah. if we receive unconditional love, then we can give unconditional love. If we receive limitless grace, then we can give limitless yeah. grace. If we receive triumph and mercy, we can give triumph and mercy. Therefore, it's all about receiving that in relationship, in intimacy with the Father. You know, that's how our sonship identity is, is given to us in the father's heart in the father's face-to-face -face relationship in the mirror of his face we see reflected back yeah. who we really are yeah only there is is where the truth really is and that's where we receive unconditional love and if people have never received unconditional love they're never going to be able to give it yeah you know? and that's part of the problem people lack intimacy and obviously religion pos positions god as someone that you cannot engage face to face because yeah. if you if you see God, you'll die, you know, and religion yeah. places it on. Well, you're not good enough to be face to face with God. So make it better. Try and be better. Try and perform. Try. And essentially, Jesus summed that up. All who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and find rest. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because they're why are they weary and heavy laden? Because they've been trying in their own religious, self-righteous state state to make themselves righteous and acceptable to God. When of yeah. course they're already acceptable to God. 
Uh, right. And if we right. know that we're acceptable to God, not because of what we've done, because of who we are. Yes. What child is not going to be acceptable to their parent as, as a newborn? Right. Now, I know people can do children can do things and that can sort of somewhat skew how you look at someone <laughs> because of what they've done. But yeah. when you pick up a newborn baby and you hold that newborn baby in your arms for the first time, love is unconditional. It's yeah. like you love them. It doesn't matter whether they nestle over you or whatever that you love them. <laughs> and that's how God actually loves us. Yeah, you know, because he we are his <coughs> Yeah, you know, we are his children. He yeah. made us with a particular purpose, identity, destiny in mm -hmm, our lives. Mm -hmm. And if we find it in that relationship with him, then we will be able to freely treat people the way we're treated. So if we don't think we're forgiven unless we do mm. something, mm. then we'll treat people in the same way. We won't forgive yep. them unless they do something. Well, what do they do? Well, they need to say sorry. Well, where does it say we need to say sorry? Jesus right. on the cross said, Father, forgive them. No one had said sorry. No one had. And he was in the midst of being crucified when he was able to say, Father, forgive them. So... Right he and the holy spirit are within us to enable us to a receive the same measure of forgiveness and therefore be able to release that forgiveness unconditionally to others unfortunately yeah. all religion seems to be conditional and yeah. forgiveness in in christian circles is conditional well god will forgive me when i repent because we yeah. wrongly attach repentance to sorrow and actually it yeah. doesn't mean sorrow at all. It means a total change of mind and agreement with God. So what am I agreeing with? That I'm forgiven? Right. If I confess my sin, well, what am I confessing? Oh, I'm a worm. I'm terrible. I've done these terrible things. Or I'm confessing that I'm forgiven. There's a difference. There's confession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We get our word or understanding of confession from the latin confessional which is part of the catholic church confessional system and mm -hmm, therefore mm -hmm. when we read if you confess your sin as a you must own your sin and acknowledge it and confess that you've done wrong actually the word does not mean that at all it means to confess positively what if what we're going to confess about our sin that we're forgiven now when you yeah, confess yeah. forgiveness yeah. sin has no power over you yeah it has no power to make you guilty or ashamed or to condemn you which is where so many christians live in a mire of condemnation and guilt and shame because they don't know they're unconditionally loved when you right. receive that unconditional love not only does it totally change the way you view yourself and so you can begin to see yourself the way god sees you but it also means that you can look at the world differently and therefore so you see that god loves everyone in the world the same way and yeah. Therefore, we he may not be happy with what they're doing. You know, and we talk about God's anger. Of course, God is not pleased when we do things that hurt people, because you know, that's really the key to to negative behavior. It's affecting people negatively, whatever sort of yeah. behavior it is. And of course, he's not happy with that. And he may be angry with it, but his anger is still an expression of love. So how right. would he deal with people who don't do things the way, the best way, let's say, he'll forgive them. 
well they're already yeah. forgiven in reality because jesus already dealt right. with every accusation and nailed it to the cross so it's already dealt with but people are still living as if it isn't and the religious systems don't help people to live in the freedom of limitless grace and triumphant mercy they focus on the behaviors so that because the behaviors keep people controlled there you go you to behave a certain way and in this group this is how we want you to behave and in this right. group this is how i want you to behave and if you're going to be part of this group you have to behave that way all of that is based in a system which is not unconditional yeah it keeps people in bondage really very much so very much so well we got about 20 minutes mike and um just curious i think you've written at least two books since the last time i had you on or i think you were finishing up one last time i had you on and and now you've done another book i don't know if you'd like to share a little bit about those two books sure um yeah the book that is out the current book that's out is is called the restoration of all things and it's my continuing journey to go beyond and beyond wherever i've been before in all of that and so it goes into the depths of the full scope of restoration that that means restoration of everything that jesus created <clears throat> all things yeah and it talks from colossians you know that he created all things for him through him and he has reconciled all things to himself and that's all things is the same all things so all the things he created he's already reconciled so that is the for me the basis of restoration therefore i just need to look around and see the all things <laughs> yeah, yeah. this needs restoring yeah. that needs restoring and how can we help facilitate the restoration process so it does go into restoration from all its aspects all of the aspects that i am aware of or was aware of when i wrote it um therefore into the restoration of of people after they die the restoration so you know totally re uh, renaming hell as it was intended to be named um you know and yeah. reforming that idea that you know god's love does not end at death and people engage in the loving presence of god after death um, and for all things, you know, all things that Jesus created. So restoring those things that we would see as fallen and may well have seen in the past as they're heading for destruction. Well, yeah. then we see they're heading for restoration. So it really goes into that in depth. It's quite a long book. I think it's 400 odd pages. So there's, there's a wow. lot of information there. It comes from my own personal experience of my experiences of god taking me through depths of love that reveal restoration um giving me examples and showing me and then me having testimonies of seeing people restored out of the fire of his love people fallen beings being restored from their lost identity so that that's sort of it's a sort of a, a handbook for restoration, really. I try and go through everything that I knew about it yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I experienced about it, really. Um, and so that was, you know, that's out at the moment. Um, and then, you know, the father sort of said, look, I want you to write another book um, about the the eschatology of the restoration of all things. Um, and I, and that in itself, you know, is, is an interesting statement because there is no eschatology of the restoration of all things. It's just there is no end to the increase of his government and peace. Therefore, right. things are being restored and will be restored. There's no end to it, in a sense. 
So there is no eschatology, but of course, eschatology, the study of the end times from a, you know, particularly an evangelical perspective, um, has connotations to it that are very negative. And so I do go yeah. into uh, why we've believed what we believe, where that comes from, and what was the agenda behind it? You know, what agenda, and really it goes to the agenda of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the agenda that set that pattern in place, which was the I will agenda. Mm. I will ascend to be like God. I yeah. will be seated here. I will, you know, and looks at how that, in a sense, Luciferian agenda, which is what I would call it, and how that's still affecting the world in which we live, still affecting our lives, still affecting the systems that the world operates under, which is come from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, are independent of God, primarily, um, and looks at what is the agenda behind that. Well, it's obviously a counterfeit agenda, because it's looking to counterfeit God's desire for relationship um, and kingdom, you know, the kingdom of God. Well, yeah. what is the counterfeit of that? Well, a kingdom of man. And mm. actually what's behind the kingdom of man, the kingdom of I will. And what's behind that? Lucifer. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's quite a, it's sort of unpacked yeah. a lot. I'm sure it will probably upset a lot of people uh, in certain areas because I do challenge a lot of eschatological mindsets and belief systems and viewpoints and how they are affecting people today and what people believe and particularly in terms of not taking responsibility as sons of God for the planet right. and for yeah. the creation and for the universe because what's the point? We're all going to get rescued you know, or Jesus will come back and he'll do it all. You know, well, actually, no, he's mandated us to do it as his sons in relationship and cooperation with him. So it does go into, you know, uh, the religious and political spirit, how that outworks today. You know, it, it's quite in-depth, um, goes yeah. into the history of um, why we tend have believed the negative things about the future, why people are so fearful of the future, why people are still believing in things that, that are going thing to happen that have already happened um so yeah. it's quite comprehensive um it's being edited at the moment so it's not out yet hopefully early next year um and it will be probably you know, an even bigger book than the last one and <laughs> and in reality in this book i do use a lot of the bible because that's where the confusion lies yeah and that's where the the difficulties lie over interpretation of what the bible is says or supposed to say so it's probably got more bible verses in it than you know both of the last books put together and multiply that by 10 but it needs that to give a reference point for why we have believed what we believe where it came from what was behind it and there's a lot of things one of the chapters is called the hoodwinking of history um, which really goes into why the media and those that control the media have an agenda which has actually shaped what we think happened in the past to make sure what they want to happen in the future happens, <laughs> which is quite an interesting uh, chapter. It's quite a, quite an in-depth chapter. Uh, it did require quite a lot of uh, research because, you know, most of the the other two books were really here are my testimonies about 
what I've experienced and what God has done. This time it was like, okay, God want, Father wants me to reveal what deception lies that most people are under. So yeah. it took quite a bit of, well, what is true? You know, and that's where I had to come up with this thing. I need to resonate with the truth, having related to Jesus, who's the greatest fact checker ever, of course. Um, so any fact you can hold up to the truth to see whether it yeah. in fact is a fact or actually is a lie. Because in reality, there's only truth and lies. There's a lot of gray areas that we've made gray because we don't really know what's true and what isn't. So we yeah. place a lot of things in the conspiracies of gray areas because either we don't want them to be true or other people don't want them to be true. So it goes into the whole conspiracy theory uh, purpose and why that keeps people from the truth uh, generally. Wow. Um, so quite an interesting book, but for some it will probably, you know, trigger some reactions if their eschatology is very futurist and negative and also some of the issues around what they're expecting in the future um, yeah so it goes well, i find in it interesting so. yeah that people people would be offended because your eschatology is bright and cheery versus um wait a minute i want my doom it goes back to that whole thing of humanity needs its you know challenge it it needs its drama not the the challenges are good if we have a, a correct perspective but uh most of humanity is looking for drama it's like we got to keep the keep that spirit of fear going keep yep. it up there Absolutely. and yep. you know most of the um, stuff i i get in videos and so forth that are sent to me are generally you know again people seeing something and it's just like let's keep perpetuating the fear let's keep perpetuating the drama yeah and, and es eschatology is one of the biggest fear inducing doctrines that the christian church has because yeah. it's all about doom and gloom and tribulation and trouble and destruction of the earth and terrible things happening and when in reality none of those things are going to happen because they've yeah. already happened and been fulfilled therefore eschatology or looking towards the future let's say should be happy should be optimistic yeah. Yeah. it's going to get better not worse well and i'm looking at the you know the whole situation it's like anybody in their right mind and i'll, I'll just say that probably most humanity is not in their right mind but anybody in their right mind would you know if you look at two different options of uh okay the earth is going to end it's going to be destroyed and we're going to all die okay there's that one <laughs> Or we're actually all going to be working to restore and bring the earth into a better place, make it a better world, and humanity is going to come together. Um, it's like, which one do you want to believe? Yeah. And, and they want to one, choose... Which one more aligns to the very nature and character of God? Absolutely. Well, it depends Absolutely. which God you believe in. Yeah. Now, that's, that's the issue. And the interpretation of the scriptures. Yep. Yeah. If you believe in the negative God who needs appeasement, for sin and he needs this and he needs your sacrifices and he needs your offerings and he needs your big obedience and he needs all of these things from you as if he's got needs you know then you're going to view the future negatively because you think god yeah. is going to judge the earth and you get all these sort of prophetic people so-called 
who come out with negative prophecies about California falling in the sea and, you know, Washington State having a huge earthquake and all this stuff. Why? Because, well, that's this place's base there and Hollywood's base there and their God is going to punish them for their wickedness and this, that and the other. You that whole system buys into it. And then the fear based yeah. system that's sort of being promoted by those prophetic movements then starts to get into you better start getting arms. You better start stocking up your weapons because you're going to have civil wars coming. World War Three is coming. You know, Chinese people are going to end up, you know, in there in your country, whatever. All the stuff <coughs> that I've heard over the last couple of years, you know, this yeah. great dream of this terrible stuff happening. You know, none of that aligns yeah. to a good loving God. Yeah. And again, just, you know, just mentally, if you're if you're going to choose an eschatology and and just the word itself, eschatology basically is just saying this is the way it all ends, you know, one way or the other, that it, it's, it's going to end negatively or like you said, restoration of all things is not necessarily an eschatology, but it's a different viewpoint of an in direction. You know, <laughs> it's a action of God's government and peace. You know, yeah, there is no end so, resolve. But if you can't control either one, but you have to choose to believe one or the other, you know, it would just be a smart thing to, hey, let's choose the good one. Let's choose the one that sounds positive and loving. And let's believe that one, because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. And what what aligns more with what Jesus told us to do? Yeah. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. You know, yeah. he he summed it up there. Make sure your focus is on the positive because God's going to protect you. God's going to provide for you. God's going to direct you. You're part of his kingdom purposes. Just keep walking with him and you'll find it all at work. That journey is going to go into a future which is better because it is increasing in God's government. The kingdom of God will fill the earth. I mean, yeah. you know, the Bible yeah. clearly says it. You know, that kingdom will never come to an end. It, it will fill the earth. It, that kingdom is associated, obviously, with the restoration of all things, because that's his rule. His will yeah. in heaven to be outworked on earth is so everything will be restored to his original intention and purpose. So there is nothing to fear. Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, that you look around the world and think, look at all these terrible things. But what's our response to looking around the world? Oh, oh, just destroy this world and all these wicked people in it? Or bring about an awakening to love that will restore people back to relationship with God, which will change the world. You can't change the world politically. You can't change the world religiously. The only way the world is going to change is if people change. And how are people going to change for the good? If they come into a relationship with God and know who they are, then right. they will see that they're part of the, the solution and not part of the problem. Yeah. Things yeah. will change. So good. So good. Well, that's about all the time we have for right now. But uh, do you have time for the behind the scenes section? We'll do a little yeah. bit of that afterwards. Okay. Yeah, cool. And we'll go a little bit deeper and talk about some things that um, I've, I've got some ideas of some subject matters that... Um, might trip a few people up, but you know, hey, everyone, you know, we got We all have to trip so we can overcome, right? That's trip right. over things and overcome. <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We so appreciate each and every one of you. Um, again, if you'd like to support and become a partner with this, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com. Look for the giving tab, and uh, you can choose there either a one-time donation or a partnership with us. And we so appreciate each and every one of you who are helping us. And uh, to everyone who's listening, we just say get the word out, continue to spread it, and we just love every one of you. Mike, honor you and bless you. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Great to be here. All right. Take care, everyone.